wants to talk to us. We're here to hear what the Spirit has got to say under the churches. Praise God. We're not here playing games or we're not here fooling around. We're here on the king's business. We're getting ready to get out of here. gotta read it it's so big I said unequivocally I hardly know where to start but I gotta start somewhere first Corinthians chapter 1 verse 1 Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and Sosthenes our brethren Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ, Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, both theirs and ours. Grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf, for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by him. In all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that you come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. I want to read the verse that we want to look at after a while and elaborate upon God helping us today. Verse 9, God is faithful by whom you were called unto the fellowship of his son. Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want to talk today after we make some opening remarks about this fellowship that we have been called into. Why don't we just love him together? 
the Lord, if you'll help us today, you can be seated. In the Psalms especially, God had a lot to say about Zion. That Old Testament Zion is typical of the New Testament church. Notice some things that God said about Zion. The Lord loveth the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. It just seemed to be the place called Zion was a special place in the heart and the purpose of God. More than any other dwelling place, many more than any other place in Israel, God loved the gates of Zion. He loves this church. And of Zion it shall be said that this man was born in her and the highest shall establish her the Lord shall count when he rideth up the people that this man was born there uh, hang on to your spiritual birthright today Don't be an Esau. Mine ain't for sale. Buy you a bottle of beer or a pack of cigarettes if you want to. This thing's worth more than 10 million worlds. Praise God. He said that Zion is where the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. Of this church, he said, blessed be the God and Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, that has blessed us in all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. We're just blessed. In another one of the Psalms, he said, walk about Zion. Take a stroll. Go for a walk. Look over what you are a part of. Praise God. My God. Walk around it. Look it over. Praise God. Think of the privileges that you have. Think of the benefits that you've got. Think of all the things that God has said about that place. Uh, tell the towers, mark you well her bulwarks. Consider her palaces that ye may tell it to the generation following. In the apostle in his letter to the Hebrews speaking to the church. But we are come unto Mount Zion. Unto
into the city of the living God. Church, you've come to something. The heavenly Jerusalem. An innumerable company of angels. General assembly and church of the firstborn. Which are written in heaven to the spirits of just men made perfect. To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. And to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. I like for us today in our lesson, let's look our Zion over. I'm glad I've been born here. I got a right here. I belong here. Somewhere over there, God's got a record that of us. He's got it broke down. My name is there. of the epistles of the New Testament. I want to say this right now unequivocally. More people backslide because of ignorance than any other reason. Ignorance is ever a source of weakness, instability, flipping and flopping, slipping and sliding, hitting and missing, skipping and jumping, in and out and off and on. I'd like for God today to take the cobwebs out of our mind. Let us understand where we are, of what we're in, of what we're a part of, of what we have, and what we're going to have. Let me do some of that Tennessee walking this morning.
wants us to walk around, look, our privilege is over. Our position over. Our benefits and our blessings. The promises, the responsibilities. All that being a part of this Holy Ghost Church, of this apostolic New Testament Church, of this spiritual Zion. What all being a part of it entails. This Corinthian church was an immature church. They were building on a worthy foundation out of an unworthy material. Imagine building on this foundation with a bunch of wood, hay, and stubble. A bunch of trash. Fussing and fighting. Going to courts of law one with another. Ending in strife. This society of the sign of God is a place where we love one another. Are we appreciate one another? Are we build one another up? Are we encourage one another? Are we exhort one another? In Romans, he takes us on a little stroll and he lets us know that we're that wild olive branch. We Gentiles, that, that wild bunch. <laughs> and here he took us, wild by nature, and grafted us into the tree. And we enjoy the root and the fatness thereof. In the Corinthians, he tells us we're members of his body. We're members of his flesh and bone. We are members one of another. We are members in particular. Maybe somebody can help me with a little line here. Praise God. Dear God, members of his flesh, members of his bone, members in particular, praise God. In the Ephesians, he tells us that once we were strangers, we were foreigners to the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise. We were without God and without hope in the world. My God, we didn't have partner lot, but one day he broke down that middle wall of petition. And we have been brought nigh by the blood of Christ. Oh, hallelujah. And here today we walk right on into the inside. No 
longer a stranger, no longer a foreigner, no longer an alien, no longer an outsider, but dear God, an insider. Praise God. Built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself of being the chief cornerstone. What we are a part of. My God. Peter tells us we which were not a people but now are the people of God who had not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. He said that we're a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood, a peculiar people and a holy nation and we ought to show forth the praises of him that called us out of darkness into this marvelous light. Like lively stones, he's built us up a spiritual house. Whereby we offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Christ Jesus. I want you to know you're a part of something that's mighty dear and close to the heart of God. Hear me today, church, apart from this black back book of this church is the only eternal thing this side of heaven. Praise God. When the last sinner's been consigned to hell and the final end has come to it all somewhere on the streets of gold in the city of God on walls behind walls of Jasper we're going to shout and be telling about it. I just looked today in that first chapter of Ephesians. He hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. He has predestinated us under the adoption of children. Praise God. He hath made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. He hath abounded to us in all wisdom and prudence. He hath made known to us the mystery of his will, in whom we have an inheritance. He has sealed us with the Holy Spirit, which is the earnest of our inheritance. Dear God, here we are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens. What we have been called into, uh, this fellowship, this unique position, these favored privileges that's ours, entails the responsibilities and some obligations uh, that with privilege, there is responsibility. As kings and priests and princes, 
It always entails special duties, special teaching, special preparation, special training. Praise God. If you abuse your privileges, you can lose them. I'm not taking nothing for granted. Let me back up a little bit. In that letter to the Romans, he said, if God never spared the natural branches, don't you be high-minded, but you fear. If God cut them off, he might cut you off. God's gonna have a church whether I'm in it or not in it. He's gonna have a church whether you're in it or not in it. If you don't, God will get somebody that will. Praise God. In one of the ages of the church, he said, hold fast that which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. It literally means don't let nobody get your place. Somebody took the place of Judas Iscariot. Somebody took his crown. Somebody will sit where he could have sat. Praise God. Honey, don't you feel like you can, because you got a license, you PC, uh, you can be a renegade, you can abuse your privilege and one day find yourself out in the cold. You can't troublemake and rabble rouse around a church and gossip and backbite and tell lies and hang around God's household. I know when I'm preaching and I know when I'm fooling around. Oh, we expect God to put up with what we won't put up with. Praise God. You come and hang around my house, you're gonna have to get along with Evelyn Muncy. Whether you like the way she makes up the bed and vacuums the floor and the way she cooks, honey, she's part of the Muncie household. You're gonna have to get along with Dwayne and Mike and little Sam. If you don't get along with the folks in the household, you'll have to find some other place to board and hang out. If you're going to hang around God's household, uh, you're going to have to get along uh, with those uh, that are the members of his household. Praise God. If you don't, you'll be on your way out. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Where's in three buckets? I'm not really departing from my notes. I really haven't hardly got to them yet.
in the revelation John said the judgment was set and the books books plural books plural were opened there will especially be three books one will be the word of God One will be the Lamb's book of life, the ledger of the saved. And then there will be the book of life that has the record of every man that ever was born, that ever lived and ever died. Praise God. You want to know why there's going to be a great white throne? Why before they ever send a man to the execution uh, place, to the hanging or the electric chair, they've searched that record. That man's had a trial. You hear me today, Hades is nothing more but hell's death row. And before God finally carries out the final sentence, that man's record is going to be open. Uh, the books are going to be open. Uh, it's going to be searched. Uh, to make sure God makes no mistake. Praise God. If unjust judges in this world are careful, how much more careful will God be? That's why there'll be that final great tribunal, that final judgment, that final court. Souls are held in Hades, hell's death row. I saw the last execution in San Quentin back in 1967. Aaron Mitchell, he had been upon death row. They brought him down the day before and they had him in the holding cell. Well, folks that die and go to hell or Hades are in hell's death row. Finally, one day, death and hell falls off into the lake of fire. Hell's death row. For the last and final sentence is carried out that you're consigned to be lost forever. There will never dawn one day of hope on hell. There will never rise one star of hope. They will be tossed high on the raging waves of the lake of fire. Somebody will say, will it never end? Somebody will say, you gotta go on dying. Hell is eternal. Jehovah Witness friend, there's not one place in God's Bible will the word grave fit where hell is used. In his grave, he lifted up his eyes. It don't make sense. The smoke of their grave shall ascend up forever and ever. It don't make sense. These shall go away into everlasting fire. These shall go away into everlasting graves. It don't make sense. Praise God. The strongest teaching in God's Bible on hell is given by him that was God incarnated. He was the one that made that place. There's been a 
construction program going on down there. Uh, the Bible said hell has enlarged itself. All right. The word of God. I thought all you had to do was join the church of your choice. That's not what this book said. I never did read where it said join the church of your choice. I never did read say where it said except Christ is your personal savior. I never did say where it said repeat the sinner's prayer in prayer fashion. Never did read that. Praise God. I never did read just as long as you're sincere, everything's all right. But I did read it said you gotta be born again of water and of the spirit. I did read where he said repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. I did read where he said without the spirit of Christ, we're not of his. You're gonna be judged by what this book said, not what Billy Graham said. Not what old Robert said. Not what Dr. So-and-so said. Oh, what the word of God said. He's going to open up this book. He's going to open up the Lamb's book of life. For your name has got to be. And then he's going to open up the book of your life. Somewhere in the year of 1930, August the 12th, there was born a little old red-faced fellow in Haskell County, Oklahoma, Lee J. Muncy. He started writing down in my book, things I done. I don't want to repeat all that I done, but I done some things. I thank God, Brother Hall, for that justification you said told us about a while ago. I don't want to parade a lot of things here that I done. I thank God the, that the blood's washed it all away. Praise God. Then in December 1947, Arosa, California. Lee J. Muncy fell on an altar, 17-year-old kid, repented of his sins, never went back to the world, made a lot of mistakes, mistakes, but I never went back in the world. Praise God. Then something else happened. I got baptized in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I about wore everybody out seeking the Holy Ghost. Brother Williams told us last night we weren't supposed to seek. saints and they'd say say glory glory I said glory 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 hallelujah hallelujah whatever they told me I look back and about three quarters of the church was sitting back looking on in my little ignorant way I wanted to hurry up and get it so I could get back there and sit with them but I found out after I got it it takes more praying to keep it than it did to get it what happened in the ledger of the of the saved 19 
1947, December, he wrote in the name of Lee J. Muncie. All the old sins of the past life was wiped off the slate. I started paying tithes. I was never a church straggler. Only one time in my whole 35 years, practically, I stayed home to entertain my sister's boyfriend. The preacher never called me on the platform or on the carpet or chewed me out or sent me, we missed your card. But the Holy Ghost worked me over and from that day to this day, I've never stayed home with company. Now, if you've ever heard Brother Terry preach, he'll say sometimes, if you're able to receive it. This didn't come originate with me, but it did with I carry. He said, until you can leave company at home and come on to church, you don't have victory. <laughs> well, nobody run the aisles on that one. <laughs> Praise God. Oh, I, I hope that he's been able to say faithful. I hope he's been able to say a good husband, good father, good dad, good man in the section, good man in the district. <laughs> Never caused his pastor trouble. All those good things. But here's what happens. You get cold, you get carnal, backsliding heart. Become a troublemaker, rabble rouser. Tell lies, gossip, backbite, devour. All of a sudden that starts going down on your record. You don't get a hold of yourself quick. He says, bring that ledger. He said, he that overcomes, Will I not blot out his name and the book of life? Folks' name has been blotted out. The name Judas Iscariot has been blotted out. The name Demas, his name has been blotted out. Oh God, don't blot my name out. When you ride to this up and the books are open, whosoever's name was not found where was cast. Your name, honey, has got to be there. Oh, I'm saying a lot of things today that's not in my notes. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Just leave my name there, God. Praise God. 
In 2 John 8, he said, look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. He's saying, in essence, stay on guard. Watch it. Be careful, lest you lose your reward. A man can work hard on a good job, work yourself up to a good position and pull a blunder and can lose it. I've been married to this tall, slim girl back here 32 years last February. Two of the finest sons. Just a little messing around, Brother Williams. I could lose all. A ministry that he called me to. Just, just a little playing around. Just a little fooling around. Some little silly gal or some little silly something. All of that could go down the drain. Man can work hard, build a church, have a thriving congregation, and just mess around. I'm sorry, but it's the high cost of low living. Hallelujah. I'm afraid some of us take too many things too lightly. Now I've just kind of laid my foundation. God is faithful. It is a faithful God that has called us into this fellowship. The Amplified New Testament put it like this, God is faithful, reliable, trustworthy, ever true to his promise. He can be depended upon by whom you were called into the companionship and participation of his son. One translation said, we have been given a part. Everybody said, a part. Another translation said, we have been called to share in life. Everybody said, share in life. I share life with him, he shares it with me, and I'm gonna share eternity with him. Praise God. Fellowship is from the Greek word koinonia, which means fellowship. 
It means communion. It means stewardship. It means partnership. God is faithful who has called us into this partnership. My God. Praise God. A partnership is where two people have a joint interest, a joint business endeavorment, where two parties combine labor capital to carry on a business where they share profit and loss. I share with him, he shares with me. Praise God. Now just stay with me, honey. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, fellowship is a term where we use in the realm of friendship. In this case, I'm his friend and he's my friend. We have things in common. Praise God. <laughs> uh, we have a very warm and personal affection. He likes me and I like him. He loves me and I love him. How can two walk together except to be agreed? I, I just like the way he does business and so I just tag along. And Praise God. <laughs> a partnership is a business relationship. It's already also a family tie. Sister Munch and I, with uh, Gibraltar Savings alone, we have a joint tenancy. If I pass on, it's hers. If she passes on, it's mine. It's ours together. I like it. If I keep this partnership intact, I'm gonna have a place to throw my hat when I get back to Red Bluff. Praise God. If I keep this partnership together, I can raid the refrigerator at 275 Gilmore. Praise God. I keep this partnership, I'm gonna have a king-size bed to stretch out on when I get home. I want you to know I like this partnership. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, sometimes you see when you work for a company, uh, they'll give you some things about the company that you have joined, the firm. I want you to look over today something about this corporation you're in, uh, uh, this business you're in with Jesus Christ, uh, this partnership, uh, uh, this fellowship. Oh, I like the founder. <laughs> I want you to know this ain't some kind of a fly-by-night outfit. My God, the one that founded this church hung the stars out there. The one that started this church 
taking it all. It ain't going down. It's on the rock of ages. But it is going up. Look this over. This partnership. He's called you into this partnership. Why sometimes you work for a company. You can buy up shares in the company. You can buy stock. Why you a small-minded thing if you're here today and too tight to pay ties? Don't you have any confidence in the company you're with? Uh, don't you love the founder? Uh, don't you care about the cooperation? Uh, are you not willing to invest? I'm not afraid to buy a car with Evelyn Muncy's name. I'm gonna get to drive it. I, I'm gonna get to ride in it. I'm not afraid to go in partnership with Evelyn Muncy and buy a house. I'm gonna get to live in it. God I'm not afraid to buy stock in this company one of these days you're going to walk on gold you're going to hide walls a jasper and gates of pearl and offerings. Don't care enough about it to buy any stock in it. Want to go to heaven on a credit card as it were. Hallelujah. You need to understand what you are a part of. Why he said if a man commits adultery with a woman, he lacks understanding. He's dissolving something. He's dissolving a partnership. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. You go out there and sin and mess around. You can dissolve this partnership. There are grounds of dismissals when you join a company. It's usually told in that little booklet. Too many times being late. Pilfering on the job. Not producing. Oh, a lot of these folks, no preacher's gonna tell me what to do. Honey, you better get saved from that. Whoever told you that don't understand anything about life, much less God. You can't live 
by that out there, you'll go to hell trying to live by it in here. Don't you go down to, to the personnel manager of any company and apply for a job and say, let's get this straight right now. There ain't nobody tells me what to do. You just failed the interview. You got fired before you ever got hired. They don't want somebody with a kind of a sorry kind of an attitude like that. They want somebody that can contribute something to the company. That fellow pulls up that Kansas uh, para Highway Patrol. He turns that red light on. He begins to write you. I said, I'll get this thing straight right now. There ain't nobody tells me what to do. Whether you like it or not, they'll send you how much taxes you're supposed to send in. Don't write on it. Nobody tells me what to do and send it back. They got ways of making you cough it up, honey. Oh, hallelujah. If nothing else, they can have a sale on the courthouse steps and sell that thing out for money. You set you your little, a bunch of junk on the sidewalk and somebody else move in. And don't you hang around God's church saying there ain't nobody gonna tell me what to do. Praise God. There's gonna be somebody telling you how to cut it and how to live and how to dress. You're in a partnership. You're in a partnership. I better not tell Evelyn sometimes just none of your business where I've been. She can make it some of her business. <laughs> Praise God. Oh my God, save us and shall a mind at us. I'll get the cobwebs out of our mind. Oh dear God, let us understand. Let us see. say more people backslide because of ignorance. They don't understand what they are a part of. They don't understand they're a partner. They're in partnership. For they got things in common with God and God's got things in common with them. What's theirs is God's. What's God is theirs. I know what I'm preaching. I know what I'm throwing around. Let me tell you right now, I love that Acts 2.38 message. But that just gets you in the church. You better walk around 
in Zion. You better look some of the gates and some of the pillars. You better read up on some of the rules and some of the regulations. You better read up on the company policy. Praise God. Or one day God may write you off. You better walk around. Look, it's over. And the more that I walk around it, and the more I look it over, when I look at all the promises, I look at all the benefits, I look at all the blessings, I look at where I come from, I look at where he's brought me to, Dear God, I cast a glimpse toward the other world where he's going to take me. Whenever I sense that I'm about to hear the trumpet sound and the dead are going to come out of the ground, my God, I bet this old mortal's going to become immortal. Hallelujah. In a moment, the twinkle of an eye, I'm going to be made like him. My God, he came to where I was uh, that I might go where he is. Uh, he became like me uh, that I might become like him. <laughs> he took on my nature that I might take on his nature. just so he can link me up with him. My God, that I can be a partner. Some way God help us today. fellowship it's a mutual interest it's a mutual devotion and it's a mutual activity it's strange to me that some folks just about live all their three score years and ten up maybe even past beyond that. You couldn't hardly drug them into the house of God with a John Deere tractor. You couldn't hardly bulldoze them in with a D8. They had no interest in anything that God was interested in. 
They was not interested in the salvation of a lost world, much less their own salvation. They wasn't interested in saving themselves, much less anybody else. The work of God, the kingdom of God meant nothing to them. They wanted to go to card parties and lodge and booze and pool halls and you name it. They wanted to go hunting and fishing and spend all their time chasing around. But all of a sudden they went down to the doctor and he's diagnosed cancer in the advanced stages. You've got about six months to live. And all of a sudden now he wants God to get interested. He wants God to come and bail him out. I hope God does. But I'm going to tell you today, young man, it's a better way of getting interested in God right now. Get interested in what God's concerned about right now. Start loving what God loves right now. Start becoming a part of what God's a part of right now. Oh, in that day, my God, God's going to get concerned about your problem and about your need and about your situation. It's a mutual interest. Just not interested. Don't know how many times I've heard that. Just not interested. But you just wait. You just wait till they're stretched out. And they're kind of hanging by a thread between life and death. <laughs> All of a sudden they're interested. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. I'm glad that for nearly 35 years I got interested. I'm still interested. I bought up a little stock in the company. I've made some investment in dollars and cents. I made some investment in sweat and tears. I made some investment in busted fingernails, driving nails, and putting a roof on and laying tile on the floor and digging ditches. Praise God. I've not found him to run out on me. There's been a few times I had a need of my own life. I could reach up and tap the resources. I got interested in him. Now he said, I'm going to be interested in you. You never looked the other way when I had a need. And God's going to say, I'm not turning my back on you when you got one. You didn't run out on me. I ain't running out on you. You might have go back and read it. For better or for worse, it'll be one way or the other. For rich or for poor, it'll be one way or the other. For sickness or health, it'll be one way or the other. <laughs> it won't stay just like it is. <laughs> Praise God. I'd like to tell you about living for God is going to be richer. I want to tell you about living for God is going to be better. Oh, hallelujah. Getting better all the time. Best is yet on its way.
John, I mentioned the other day about those selection of signs. First one was tearing, turning the water into wine at the marriage of Cana. Manifested his glory. Whenever he told the, the MC, the master of ceremony, he said, go take this to the governor. Ooh, go, go let the MC taste of this, you know. He looked and he said, every man. Every man. He just couldn't hardly believe it. He said, every man. And that's exactly right. That's what every man would have done. He'd give the better first and say the worst for the last. But God ain't like every man. In God's economy, he saved the best for the last. <laughs> Praise God! That's why he said in Hebrews, you never come to that mountain that shook and trembled where Moses said, I exceedingly fear and quake. But you've come to that heavenly Zion, or that spiritual Zion, or that new Jerusalem, or to the spirit of just men made perfect. My God, what we've got mountain peaks and towers above anything that anybody has ever received from God. I'd like to tell you the best is yet to come. If the rapture will be better than this. Start sharing interest. Go places with him. Do things with him. So that married me said, enjoy one another. <laughs> Praise God. Better get off of that. Mutual interest. There was old Hezekiah, sick to death. Prophet Isaiah comes to set his house, house in order. You're going to die and not live. Get all of your business wrapped up. Get it took care of. Get all the papers you got to sign signed. Because somebody else is going to be sitting where you're sitting. Somebody's going to take over the reins of this government. The old king, he turned and he said, now, well, now God, remember, I've walked and I've lived. <laughs> He'd been interested in the things that God was interested in. <laughs> Praise God. And then God got interested in him. Praise God. It's where we have things together. We love what he loves. I just love what he loves. And then there's no inconsistency. He's going to love what I love. We're going to get along. Amen. He likes to go to church. I just like to go to church. He likes worship. I like worship. He likes preaching. I like preaching. <laughs> he likes holiness. I like holiness. <laughs> Praise God. Brother Yates, for almost 35 years, it will be this coming December. I've never woke up on a Sunday morning and well, shall I or shall I not? Should I or should I not? It's raining out there and it's bad and these covers are so nice. If the 
just be so nice to roll back over and shut the alarm and tell the preacher it didn't go off. I just overslept. Oh no! There's something that wakes me. There's something on the inside. Oh, there's something moving. Oh, there's something motivating. Oh, there's something energizing. I went to work a many a day, I didn't feel like it. I preached a many a time that physically I didn't feel like it. But I was making his interest my interest. His work my work and my concern. <laughs> and then I'll hurry ahead. It's a mutual devotion. It's where you share resources. What's mine is his, and what's his is mine. Honey, it's our home, it's not mine. There's these folks that live, you know, what's mine is mine, and what's yours is mine, and He don't operate that way. We, we, we just share resources. Hallelujah. Now the Bible said God spoke to Elijah when he was down there at that brook and said, get to Zarephath. said, I have commanded, I have commanded, I have commanded. I can't get away from that, that God had told that woman to feed the prophet. And if she was like us, she said, Lord, I don't know what I own. I don't know how. I don't know what in the world with. But nevertheless, the Bible emphasized that he had commanded. Now, it wouldn't do for an apostolic preacher to come in and eat the last biscuit off the table. Some widow woman and her son going to eat that and starve to death. It just wouldn't do in this day and time. Eat the last piece of cornbread and the last a spoonful of sorghum molasses. Just eat and take it out of the baby's mouth. But he walks in. She's gathering these sticks and he says, make me a cake. Share your resources. Don't you be afraid to share resources. You're laying up in store a good foundation against the day to come. That you may be thumping on the cruise and the meal barrel. And when you share resources, God's going to see that there's a little something there for the next meal. That famine lasted some three and a half years. Jesus come along and says, was there not other widows? As far as we know, she's the only one that shared her resources. 
I'm preaching to anybody here tonight or today that's not a tithe payer. Can I tell you? The Bible calls you a robber. Preach it now, Brother Muncie. Let me tell you, preacher, there's not one for the standard for the saints and another one for us. We better cooperate with the financial plan of the district. I don't understand how some out in our area can't do it, but because I signed my name at the bottom of there uh, that agreeing that I would. And when I went before Brother Cagle and those men that was in there, when I went in, I, I told them I would. And now then, if I don't do it, I'm not doing what I said I would do. If you don't believe it, ask Paul Price and Harvey Cantrell. I ain't going to come back here and preach something I don't practice out in California. This is good preaching. Oh, I'm not coming out second best. No, I was with Brother Price about three weeks ago. Dear God, I'm up and down the state of California. I'm getting some invites out now. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not coming out on the losing end. Why, if it hadn't have been for some United Pentecostal church, most of us would have still been lost. This UPC mothered us. It's brought us to where we're at. It's taught us what we know. It's the best thing going. I think it's, we ought to invest a little in it. Mutual activity where you share resources. I've thought a lot of times about that little fellow that went out there on the day of the Jesus fed the 5,000, had the little lunch sack. What was it, five loaves and two fishes, I think it was. <laughs> Brother, you talk about a story when he went back home that night to tell Mama. <laughs> I don't know whether he was nine or 10 or 11, but just a little lad. <laughs> and he just loaned it and mama you, you'll never believe this but there was somebody out there that master teacher <laughs> and they, they took that lunch that you made me them little fishes and, and them little loaves and, and there was a whole bunch of folks out there the bible said 5,000 men besides women and kids most of the men had a wife and two or three kids there might have been 20 or 25,000 out there they ain't a smorgasbord in Wichita, Kansas could handle that crowd. A Chi-Chi's couldn't take care of that. That's too much for McDonald's. My God, you talk about fast foods. Oh, hallelujah. You ain't never seen nothing like that. 
You talk about mass production. Here was 12 men each with a basket. That was no little old sticket miracle. That was the most uh, a public miracle Jesus ever performed. It was fish that had never been spawned, had never swum in an ocean, had never been clean, had never been in a frying pan uh, that fell cooked from his hands. My God, here was hot buns, wheat that had never been sold in the field had never been milled in the flour, had never been kneaded in the dough, had never been put in the oven. Somebody shared. Somebody shared. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. God gave me a little message some months ago on the significance of the insignificant. He said, pick up the fragments. How come? They're the leftovers of a miracle. They're the leftovers of a miracle. These fragments are the leftovers of a miracle. These fragments are part of a miracle. Now, these fragments are part of a miracle. My God! Now, these fragments are part of a miracle. Oh, hallelujah. And that ain't insignificant. Praise God. You're looking at a fish that was never spawned. You're looking at a fish that never swam in an ocean. You're looking at a fish that was never caught in a net. Nothing insignificant about that. Let me jump ahead. <laughs> Start sharing. You're going to need it. Recession, unemployment, squeeze. <laughs> God. I've been sharing, and you know that this thing says there's going to be a layoff, and i got a wife and family, but God, you know I've been sharing. He, he puts the machinery of omnipotence into operation. Oh, hallelujah, just to show himself powerful on your behalf, mighty upon in your behalf. Because you shared. Was it the psalmist that said, I was young and now I'm old. I've not seen the just forsaken her seed begging bread. And then the mutual activity is that God is going to accommodate himself to our weakness 
and do for us what we cannot do for ourselves because we're in this partnership that we're in this fellowship that we're in this church that we are in this body hallelujah we can't save ourselves by ourselves brother Williams we're going to get out of here but he's going to get us out of here we're going to leave here but we're going to leave here because he's taking us out of here because he arose we're going to arise because that he went up we're going up as he because he lives we're going to live hallelujah I believe today we're right on the threshold of the rapture I believe the miracle of the ages is about to take place that the trumpet's going to sound and this church that was launched on its eternal voyage about near 2,000 years ago is about to make the last run my God to its final destination to the final resting place over there behind gates of pearl and walls of jasper we can't get there by ourselves that's why you got to keep this Holy Ghost in force I'm so glad I got to come to Kansas you know the Bible said edify one another and you Kansas folks has been edifying me I understand that the root of that word edify means where you, you charge your battery and you folks has been charging my batteries getting me all fired up my God you're going to have to be full you're going to have to be on fire you're going to have to have the love of God shed abroad in your heart uh, you're going to have to be prayed up uh, you're going to have to be packed up uh, you're going to have to be paid up uh, you're going to have to be ready to go up Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> I'm going to bring it to a close pretty quick. The Bible describes the day that Jesus come will be just like any other day. Two in the field, one taken, one left. Two at the meal, two, one taken, one left. Two in the bed, one taken, one left. You see, Saint, when you repented, were baptized in Jesus' name, and received the Holy Ghost, God, when you became part of this partnership, he made a contract with your body. A covenant relationship that he's going to redeem this body that's why you got to keep it clean don't commit immoral practices watch your dealings with the opposite sex you better watch what kind of books you read and the pictures you look at kind of records you listen to kind of magazines you read 
You got a body. He said, if you defile, him shall God destroy. He entered into a covenant relationship. What was mine become his, and what was his become mine. He ain't finished it all yet. He's just about to. This thing's in escrow and it's just about ready to clear. But he said, as the lightning shines from the east to the west, even so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. It's going to be like a bolt of lightning. I understand that lightning travels, a, light travels 186,000 miles a second. That's moving on. If it's 25,000 miles around this globe, Jesus traveling the speed of light can circle this thing seven times and have a little spare time left in one second. One place it said in the twinkle of an eye, somebody said that's a half a bat. Somebody said you can bat your eye in one twentieth of a second. You can bat your eye so fast that you don't lose sight of the object you're looking at. Next morning after it takes place, fellows that worked at the cemetery, I worked at one for about three and a half years. They're going to go out. They're going to get their little tractors and their lawnmowers and their trimming tools and their grave digging tools. And What happened here? Was there a grave robber? It looked like this thing just exploded and busted wide open. Over yonder, there looks like another one. There's a casket and there's the vault and there's a cement part of the liner. But it looked like this thing exploded. Over yonder looks like there's another one. Something happened here last night. They're going to scratch away. And uh, this here, I see, Mary Jones. Uh, this one over here said uh, Bill uh, Brown. They're going to go to the office. They're going to check up on the records. Mary Jones and Bill Brown and uh, let's see if we can't find some kin folks. Can you tell us anything about uh, your mother? Well, I know one thing. She was strong on talking in tongues. I never did get involved myself, but they preached Jesus' name like it was going out of style. I, I know one thing, they run the aisles down there. I know one thing, they believed in a dancing in the spirit down there. My God. After a while, they're going to check up on some of these others that was just caught on up. What 
kind of a church did your dad go to? They call them holy rollers. They call them one God. They call them Jesus' name. sing about it. I used to hear them preach about it. Uh, but they must be walking down streets of gold. He's entered into a covenant relationship. Oh, hallelujah. My God, I'm going to keep investing in the company. Oh, aren't you glad you're part of it? <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, if you're here today and you're discouraged and you're in the doldrums of despair and down on the molly grubs, today hallelujah 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 he loved the church let's love it let's love it let's love it for is just ahead of us everything we left the world for is just ahead of us everything we come to God for is just ahead of us of what we're expecting what we're living for of what we're believing in of what we're anticipating is just ahead of us
Christ Church today. I want to tell this and then I'll sit down. If you just keep shouting. Heard that little proverbial story about some brother in the church that was doing a little too much shouting. They kind of made up a deacon board or some fellas to go out there and try to tighten the screws down on him. And brother, you're just been kind of getting a little too excited. And he said, well, I get to thinking about how that God saved me and how that he's kept bacon and beans on the table. He said, will you hold these lines while I shout? My God, when I think about what God has done for me. It's all right. Go ahead. God loves it. Do you realize that the angels would desire to do what we're doing down here today? And they can't do it. They can't do this. We've got the right to do it. Amen. Mercy. Mercy.